Well, again, thanks everybody for being here. I wish I could be there. It is uh, so uh, so very different when you're in your your living room and taking communion. Well, by the way, I do want to say, if I know, I, I think a lot of you at your homes uh, who worship regularly at your house, I think you guys regularly make your own communion. Um, that, I'm assuming that for some of you, but if anybody ever needs communion materials brought to them, please make sure you give me a call and we will make sure that you get that so that you can participate with us in every way possible. So today's lesson is is another one regarding the resurrection. We've been looking through uh, 1 Corinthians uh, in chapter 15. has a lot of information about the resurrection. Uh, and a lot of, in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 15, it, it makes it makes us realize that this is very uh, basic teaching uh, for the gospel of Jesus. If Jesus was raised from the dead, then we too shall be raised from the dead uh, to live eternally, just as Christ now lives eternally in the presence of his father. Someday he's going to come and take us to be with him. So there is a resurrection day. Without the resurrection, everything becomes pointless and worthless. So the resurrection of the dead is central to the teaching of Christ. And so today we address this question of, well, what will that day be like? So if you're following, if you have a bulletin, you know, I've got 10 points, 10 things about the resurrection day. Um, there's a few more that you could probably make uh, pertaining uh, to the points here, but these are the ones that primarily come from 1 Corinthians, and then we go to a couple other places to make a few other uh, points of clarification. The first thing I want to do is, number one, is I want to point out that the resurrection day, that language which, based upon um, 1 Corinthians talking about the resurrection the, the term resurrection day, I think, is an appropriate term and appropriate description. In John chapter 11, when Jesus uh, has gone to his uh, gone to his friends because his friend has died, Lazarus is dead. Uh, Martha makes a statement in verse uh, chapter 11, verse number 24. Uh, Martha said to him, "I know that we." I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So she uses some of the words that I've been using, but the the point is she says there's going to be a resurrection on the last day. So so she calls it the last day. Um, She points out that there's going to be a resurrection on that last day. So I'm kind of putting those terms together. And I don't think anywhere else in scripture do you have the term actually say resurrection day. So I wanted to point out, I think it's biblical. Um, and we here at Garrett Street, we always want to make sure, and we as Christians should be a point of everyone, is that we want to make sure that we're speaking as the Bible speaks, calling Bible things uh, by Bible names. And so this day when the resurrection will take place, I'm just calling it the resurrection day. Uh, so then we get to First uh, Corinthians and start looking and considering some scripture. And I want to read verses First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, verses 50 and 51. And we'll start making some points about the resurrection day, when the, the dead in Christ shall rise. 
1 Corinthians 15, and I would encourage you to have your Bibles open there, please, and follow along. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So here's um, here's a point about the, the resurrection day, and he calls it in verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. So it's very interesting. It's kind of, you know, a mystery means it's something you don't know about. Well, what's it all about? And Paul just tells us, I'm going to tell you some things about this mystery. And I think the resurrection day still holds mysteries for us. We can probably study this lesson today and study all of Scripture, and there's going to be some other things that we don't know. There's some funny things about the resurrection uh, day that leave questions in our minds because uh, part of the resurrection day we're going to see farther down is that Jesus descends and we know every eye is going to see him um, and that's when we're in that moment we're going to be changed but Jesus is going to descend on the clouds and we'll get to see that uh, and the mystery one of the mysteries to me is that all right if I am on this side of the world and I can look up and see Jesus how is somebody on the opposite side of the world going to be able to look up and see Jesus at the same time. That's kind of a mystery to me. Unless you're a flat earther, then maybe it all makes sense to you. But I think it's just, we're going to leave it as a fact that it is, it's a mystery. We don't know, understand everything and about the resurrection day, about how it's going to happen. But what we need to know is found in scripture and scripture reveals some things to us. So Paul is telling us, I'm going to tell you some things about this mysterious day. So, although the resurrection is a mystery, some facts have been revealed. So we're going to stick with what Scripture says, what Scripture has revealed to us, and hopefully be encouraged and be challenged by it, because that day is going to come. Point number three, some people will be alive at the resurrection of the dead. So 1 Corinthians, continuing in uh, some points from verse number 51. It said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So that language, we will not all, we will not all sleep. That's just code for we're not all going to be dead at the time of the resurrection. On the resurrection day, on that last day, some people will still be alive. And that, you know, that's, uh, I guess God could have done it a different way. He could have waited for the day that everybody's dead for somehow some kind of catastrophic event and everybody's going to be dead and then he's going to come. But that's not the case. He says some people will still be alive at the resurrection. So simple little point. Um, and that's going to play. He, he talks a little bit more about that later because there's a distinction between those who are alive in Christ and those who are dead in Christ. Uh, point number four, everyone will be changed on that day. So that's the last part of verse number 51 says, but we will all be changed. We'll all be changed. When we um, uh, talked last week, that was the emphasis of last week's lesson, this idea of the fact that what are we going to be like in the resurrection. And notice this 
passage started out in verse number 50. Um, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And this is in context of the resurrection. So we're, we're considering this idea and thinking about this, uh, that, you know, something's going to have to change, right? If we're in flesh and blood, but flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, then something is going to have to change. And he is saying everybody is going to be changed on that day. So some people are still going to be alive. Some people are obviously going to be already dead, but everyone will be changed. So number five then talks about that change. The change will be from a perishable natural body to an imperishable spiritual body or a heavenly body. And this is just, my point here is just made from uh, incorporating a lot of language of what we've already studied. So I want to go back and just read this again, all in context, so you can hear it, because this is the important part about that day, is the change that's going to take place. This is, to me, the exciting part about that day, is that I am going to be changed into a very different sort of thing. And this is what that will be. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse number 49. And I'll read it in context all the way to 52. And you're going to hear a repetition uh, of some of the things that we studied last week. Just as we have borne the image of the earthy, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. So here is that that point that the resurrection, a change is going to take place. Last week we talked so much about that physical body versus the eternal, spiritual, uh, heavenly body that is going to be in the image of the heavenly. And last week we considered from Philippians that is that we will be made into the very image of Christ. And that when we look up and see Christ, when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First John uh, chapter 3, verse number 2. Uh, so that is point number five. The change is going to take place. The change is going to be a beautiful thing. The change is going to be a wonderful, wonderful moment for us all. Everybody will be changed. Now, number six, the change will take place in this quoting this verse that we just read in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. And notice, uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times you guys have seen an eye twinkle, but it only lasts for a moment, uh, is the point of Scripture, whatever the reference is there. It's it's a moment. It's a quick thing. This happens all at once. The trumpet is going to take place. There is going to be a last trumpet sound. And I don't know who's playing the trumpet. I don't know what the sound is going to be like. But I guarantee everyone will hear it, and it is going to be something very stirring and alarming. And that is the point of a trumpet, is it is an alert, an awakening. It's it's a moment that takes place. And the change is going to take place very quickly in that moment. Question, 
or point number seven. At the last trumpet, the Lord will descend from heaven. There will also be a shout with the voice of the archangel. And this is coming from 1 Thessalonians. I wanted to add a couple of things, 1 Corinthians, uh, and I wanted to go to 1 Thessalonians and add a few more things about Christ coming, about the resurrection day. And by the way, most um, like scholars will uh, usually refer to the idea of the coming of Christ or the resurrection day or the judgment day. They refer to that as um, the parousia, which is just talking about the coming, the coming of Christ. So that the, cent- the coming of Jesus is central to that day, and most people relate it, uh, the resurrection day, to the coming of Christ. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, or excuse me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. Um, and here it says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. So again here, this is Paul writing this, using his typical language. So this is the idea that um, there are people who are going to be dead. I don't want you to be uninformed about the dead. He's he's encouraging them just the way that they were encouraged in 1 Corinthians. The dead will be raised. They're not dead forever. They're going to be resurrected. Um, And he says, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So here is the, oh, and I do want to get one more verse in there. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so as you put these two things together, the one thing that I've capitalized upon that, that, that really binds them together clearly is the trumpet. First Corinthians had called it the last trumpet. Now here it says at the trumpet, so it has to be a last one or a previous one, and it's in fact the same one, because it says Jesus will descend from heaven with that last trumpet of God. So point number seven, at the last trumpet, the Lord will descend. Now the language in 1 Corinthians hadn't mentioned that the Lord is going to descend. It just talked about the dead being raised, the dead being changed. Or, or excuse me, the, the the dead and everyone being changed on that resurrection day. And here we know it's connected with the idea that the Lord is coming. He will come, and that is when the last day comes. That's when the resurrection takes place, just as Martha was very aware of in the book of John. So uh, the other things that are listed here, then, there will be a shout and I'm not sure, um, in, in verse number 16, it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. And then it says, with the voice of the archangel. So I don't know if it's the archangel who's given the shout or 
uh, somebody else given the shout, you, you might hear me shout if I see that. You know, I'm, I tend to shout when I get surprised by things, and that day will be will come as a surprise to us all because we do not know that day. No one knows the day, so don't be fooled by anybody who claims to know this day, that moment. So we will um, we're going to hear a shout. Um, and a voice of an archangel is going to be conducted at the very same time as the trumpet. Okay, point number eight. In that moment, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then those who are alive will rise up with them into the clouds to be with Jesus forever. So at the end of verse number 16, it says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So here is the, the first, this is the first thing that's going to happen, is we're going to somehow see the dead in Christ uh, rise up. When Jesus descends on the clouds, the dead in Christ are going to rise up. And then verse number 17 uh, says, Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. So this is a wonderful moment. You know, and notice the, the idea that this all happens so quickly in this moment, in the twinkling of an eye at this last trumpet call, Jesus descending. There is a shout. The dead in Christ are going to be rise. That's the very first thing that happens. And they, you know, and there's a change that has taken place that First Thessalonians doesn't talk about, but we know from First Corinthians when the dead in Christ raised, they're going to be changed. We're all going to be changed. The dead in Christ rise up to meet Jesus in the air, and then we 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 see him go, and then we who are alive are also going to go and meet them in the clouds. And here is the the very neat thing about all this. Um, the change has to take place so we can be ready to meet Jesus. Flesh and blood can't inherit the eternal kingdom. We have to be changed into our heavenly body. And so because we have been changed, looking up to see Jesus, then we're going to rise up to meet him. And this passage in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, talks about us meeting the Lord in the air. Being able to be with him, just a, what a glorious thought, but not just to be with him, but we, and so we shall always be with him. In verse number 18, I didn't reference in the outline, but it says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. So whoever's here today, whoever's listening to this message now, um, whoever is going to be listening to it in the future, if it's a recording or whatever it be, just hear this wonderful thought that Jesus is going to come back and get us. Jesus, he's going to come back and take us home to be with him. This is what he ultimately wants. This is what's going to bring Jesus joy is to have us be with him forever. This is a glorious and wonderful thought. This is the essence of what we need to understand about this life that we're in now. Jesus came down here to this earth and he lived amongst us for, for the, those 33 years. 
before he suffered that horrible death that we remembered in the breaking of bread and the taking of that cup today. He did all of that, not because he thought that, ah, it's great, I think I want to take a vacation from heaven and come down here and suffer and die. That doesn't make sense. Um, all of the, the best things that we have in this life, none of them compare with the glories of heaven. Jesus didn't come down because he wanted to uh, to know what it was like to eat caviar or or to, uh, you know, to do any of what did they do for fun back in the, the Bible days? I can, I can think of all the things that we do for for fun. You know, we can we can do sports and we we do all kinds of things for our families and we have all kinds of things that we do. But really, ultimately, Jesus came down here not to experience those things, but to live with us and to tell us someday I want to come and take you to be with me forever. So this is the this is the crux of everything. This is the crux of your life. So everything and you young people, this this outline I have before you, it's not complex at all. There's nothing surprising in it, I don't think. It's just what the Bible tells us about that resurrection day when Jesus comes back. But the point is to know that it's real. And Jesus really is going to come back. And he wants you to be ready to take. And he wants to take us home to be with him forever. Jesus loves us dearly. And we need to be living our lives in such a manner that we're ready for that day and that we're living our lives each day knowing that that day is all that matters is the day that we get to look up and see Jesus. Let us be ready for that day. Let's not get distracted. Let's not be the church that, that grows up and has all of these thorns and thistles grow up around it and choke it. We need to be fruitful. We need to live our lives for Jesus. We need to be filled with Christ and be growing in him, being changed. Someday we're going to be changed into the very image of Christ. But right now we need to be changed little by little. We're not perfect, but when we're in Christ, we're growing in him, maturing in him. Let us live for Christ. Let us look forward to the day that he comes. The day. Um, well, let me let me flip back now to uh, to. Uh, first, uh, first Corinthians 15, making sure I didn't miss anything on my notes here, but I'm going to add one thing right now, because this is, this is the part that matters. Um, in first Corinthians chapter 16, as Paul is ending the book, verse number 22 says, if anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. And then it says Maranatha. Or, O oh Lord, come. So there is a warning of a curse, but there's also a, a verse of saying, whatever you got to do, Lord, come do it. If you're going to, if people have to be uh, cursed forever, so be it. But Lord, we want you to come. We want to be ready when he comes. We want to be ones who do love the Lord and are ready for his appearing. Because now back to the outline, point number nine, those who belong to Christ will have victory over death. First Corinthians 15, uh, verses 53 through 57. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But then this perishable, but when this 
perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the same that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So when he comes back, the dead in Christ raising up to be with him, those who are alive raising up, never having to experience death, victory comes to those who are in Christ. To those who belong to Jesus, we will have the victory. And point number 10, those who do not belong to Christ, they will be cast into hell. This is the scary part. This is what is referenced or alluded to in verse in chapter 16, verse number 22. Let them be accursed if they don't love the Lord. But here in Matthew chapter uh, 25, and you can read the entirety of Matthew 25 and get a picture of judgment that, that God will bring about. Verse number um, 41 says, Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. You can read that context and you find that some will be, you know, hey, come come to me. Come to me. You know, these sheep get welcomed home. But those who are the accursed ones will say, depart from me. And there is a place, it's not prepared for you, but a place that is prepared for the devil and his angels. You're going to have to go there. I didn't want you there, but you will go there. They will be cast into hell. Revelation uh, chapter 20, verses 14, and I want to read verse 13 with it. Uh, Revelation 20, verse 13 through 15. When the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every one of them according to their deeds. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So there's that lake that was prepared for the devil and his angels. But if your name and if my name's not in the book of life, if I have not loved the Lord Christ Jesus and gotten my name written in that book by following after his ways, then I too shall be cast into hell. Jesus does not want that. There's a resurrection day coming and he is saying, I want you to come be with me. That's why I did everything I did. I want you with me. So the question comes on that resurrection day. Do you want to go to be with the Lord for all eternity? You want to be changed so that you can be ready with your heavenly body to be in that place called heaven, the eternal kingdom. If you don't want that, if you're not living for that, then what's the other option? The only other option is hell. So today I encourage you, if you need to come to Christ, let us know. Turn to him. Give your life to Christ. Believe in him. Be immersed into him so that you can be raised eternally with him forever. If you need to respond, won't you please come as we sing this song of encouragement.